Coming to you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. We're, we're still arguing over which one is which, though. Yeah. I, but I thought I was the past. <laughs> what? <laughs> thought we were going to do something there. <laughs> like, oh, I'm the past. That. Oh, you're the future. It's the noobs and the hoobian. <laughs> we'll have that fight later, I guess. <laughs> my name is Austin. I'm the Whovian, and these are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the news. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. Except sometimes when we aren't. Because this week we aren't. Welcome to episode 81, our timey-wimey number 10, covering A Christmas Carol. No, not the Doctor Who Christmas special, A Christmas Carol, but the 1999... Uh, Patrick Stewart vehicle, A Christmas Carol. This is the one where Captain Picard hallucinates about ghosts and learns the true meaning of Christmas and how to laugh the weirdest laugh possible. <laughs> I thought he was dying, actually. <laughs> I really did not know. Like, did he just have mm-hmm. a heart attack? What? I I was <laughs> genuinely confused. For, and it, and like, it was like... into a laugh? And it was like... 30 seconds before he converted that into a laugh. And even when he started converting it into a laugh, I wasn't sure what was happening. I I bet he was like, are you sure we don't want another take on that one? They're like, no, we got to finish this. No, we got this. We're good. I'm going to, okay. We're, we're nowhere near this kind of conversation in the show, but we're here anyways. Um, there was a scene earlier in the uh, in the movie where he went to like you know strike down a child for daring to Christmas Carol at his door, mm-hmm. and then he like ran him off down the street, and then he turned around and we're like we backed up this moment. Do y'all remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had this look on his face like, of smug satisfaction oh, yeah. and pleasure while also looking like deathly <laughs> just humbug. <laughs> and I was like, man, Patrick Stewart's a good actor. And then we got it. to mm. the scene with the laugh and I went, yeah, but mm-hmm. everybody has their bad days. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, weird choice, Sir Patrick. Also, weird choice. That was like the exact same slap that the guy in a, the Doctor Who Christmas yeah. Carol does. It very much was, which was also called a Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. I trip up. Uh, yeah, he put up the, notes. <laughs> oh, yeah. the notes from like a month ago. He's like, wait, episode 74, what? <laughs> or 77, whatever it was. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, so let's talk about the cast because this is not only the one where uh, Patrick, I'm uh, sorry, Captain Picard hallucinates. This is also the one where Churchill danced with a Slovene, guys. <gasps> this one was one of those moments where I was watching <laughs> the, the, the uh, okay, it was, it was when the Ghost of Christmas Past took him to Fezziwigs and they were having yeah. uh can we just say like one of the strangest Christmas parties ever? It's like, um, what, is, you know, like what is going on? Yeah. Here? Later that evening, after we watched this movie, I went to a staff Christmas party, uh, and I can just say there was none of what was happening. The in weird this dancing in and the odd singing, like uh, what was? <laughs> I'm going to Mary Rose. I was like, what? What? Anyway, <laughs> so Mr. Fezziwig is dancing with Mrs. Fezziwig, appropriately named, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, when he was singing that song. That I'm I'm going I want to marry Rosie or whatever or Rose or whatever yeah. the song was. Mm-hmm. Um there was just something about Mrs. Fezziwig's face. It was something about the yeah. look on her face. I think we paused it bulb, and like re-ran it like a couple of times. Well, before that, a light bulb went off in my head 
And I immediately, I had IMDb already pulled up. I don't know why I stuttered on that. IMDb. I had it already pulled up for the movie. So I scrolled down to Mrs. Fezziwig, clicked on the actress and confirmed. And I was like, while I was, I paused it. And while I was confirming that, I was sitting there like giddy in my chair. (laughs) And you guys are like, what is going on? And I'm like, I got got to make sure first. I got to make sure first. And then I made sure and I was like. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, okay, I'm going to let the rest of the scene play out. And you guys Look at Mrs. Fezziwig and tell me who it is. We had no you, idea. And then well, then she it. wasn't in the rest of the scene hardly. Yeah. So then our, and then we backed it back up and like paused it. <laughs> backed it up and watched the whole scene again. By the yeah. way, we spent about two hours and 15 minutes watching yeah. this 93-minute movie. <laughs> but um, because of backing it up like this. So uh, they they could not see it. I was like, take take 10 pounds off. Take 20 pounds off. They like, still I couldn't. I don't know how much that. Yeah, they <laughs> <laughs> I don't even weigh 20 pounds. Slim the cheeks down a little bit. This was Annette Badland, who played blonde Felfotch, uh Passamere Dave Slovene. Thank you, Trip. I was reading it, and he said it better than <laughs> I did. This was blonde. And I was like, oh, my gosh, guys. Uh, and then somehow or another, be, like, so because that happened, I just started clicking on, like, every character yeah. on IMDb and going. Uh, so I would click on their name, pull up their IMDb, and then search Doctor Who. And if I found something, I was like, oh, I found somebody. So I found two more. The first one was Mr. Fezziwig was played by Ian McNeese, mm-hmm. who we just talked about not terribly long ago. He's the guy that played Winston Churchill. So we actually had Churchill dancing with a Slovene <laughs> in this in this movie. Churchill, and then, um, that's not your wife. That's a Slovene. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, all right, guys, like, look at her, look at her, and they're like, what? And I'm like, oh, take take ten pounds off, and they're like, uh, what? And I'm like, would it help if she was farting a lot? And Corby goes, no. What are you talking? <laughs> but to put it in perspective, this that episode was what like. Five that, seasons that was, ago? That was a while ago, yeah. So, so for us, that was, I, a, good, I do not that was a good year and a half ago. I do not remember her farting a lot? Yeah. What? You don't remember? That was the whole thing about the Slovene was that they, because the the constrictor thing that made them fit into the human skins also gave them bad gas. Because Why? So before we ever Reasons. see them come out as full, you know, psycho baby Slovene alien things, they're just farting a bunch. Um, and there was actually uh, nine actually said, excuse me, do you mind not farting while I'm saving the world? Um, which somebody on Twitter just named as their top most cringeworthy moment in <laughs> Doctor Who. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, the, the last uh, connection that I found, and I didn't, I didn't really click on absolutely every person's name, but I did have a sneaking suspicion about Bob Cratchit that I, I was like, he seems familiar, but I didn't think it was a Doctor Who thing. Turns out it is. Um, this is Richard Grant, who we haven't met yet, but who plays Dr. Simeon in the next Christmas episode, no, the next one or the next one, next one. I think it might be the, it's okay. It's, it's not the next one. The next one is the widow, the wardrobe and the doctor or something. The one after that, the snowman, Dr. Simeon is played by Richard Grant. So you're, we're actually oh, going to see God. him later on. You're really getting ahead of yourself here, aren't you? Uh, well, it's just, seasons again, I searched it out and it's a doctor who, and it's a Dr. Simeon from the snowman. And Corbin goes, we definitely picked the right uh, the the right yes. version of a Christmas Carol, and yeah. I did note. I said, by the way, this was like a TNT production, but uh, it was definitely like all, all British, British actors. actors. So, 
Guys, before we head on, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you, as always, by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, security at a great price. And don't forget, we also mentioned our new website builder uh, for as little as $5.99 a month. You can get not only your hosting, but also a website builder where you can drag and drop and you can create your own stuff. So if you head on over to store.r5websitemanagement.com and use the code Noobs. At checkout, you can get 15% off of your entire order and get started building your website today. So, uh, random stuff we noticed, uh, that th- said right off the bat, it said presented by TNT. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, this was a, this was like a made for TV movie. So this was never like in the theater. Uh making a million, you know, a hundred millions, hundreds of millions over the summer. It would have been good though. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty good, but, um, and that was the thing was like, I kept that in mind throughout because like the opening credits was definitely made for TV movie, Yeah. but the special effects throughout this movie were not like lame. They were were pretty good. There was a couple like the, um, when the, the, the leaves blew across the floor and like oh, melted yeah. it into snow. That yeah. was amazing. I was like, that was kind of awesome. And like given that a lot of the effects were ghosts, they could have gotten away with slightly worse effects than yeah, normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like pretty good for the time. Right. So they did a pretty good job. And like I said, it was it was a TNT made for TV movie. However, it was, you know, entirely populated by British actors. Mm-hmm. So and I so I say all that and and I could be wrong. Maybe this was a BBC movie. That TNT then like bought the rights to show or something, but it definitely, I mean, it opened up saying like presented by TNT or something about TNT. Yeah. So, um, at any rate, do you, do you guys even know what TNT is? Nope. No. Oh, okay. That's a cable network. Mm. So back in the day, that was where I would watch like Saved by the Bell. Back in my like day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, back with my, my iPod. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. This is long before iPods. Um, let's see. Fred's narration at the end says, uh, okay, so Fred was Scrooge's nephew. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, he's the narrator. And he says, you know, uh, this happened and that happened and the other thing. And as for Tim, who did not die, he became, uh, Scrooge became like a second father. So apparently Scrooge not only learned the secret of Christmas, he also learned the secret to immortality. Because Tim did not die. I love the, the way he phrased it. He doesn't say, and as for Tim, who grew into an old man himself one day, he says, yeah. and as for Tim, who, who did, did not, not die. die. Because he was supposed to die. Yeah. Well, he was supposed to die as a young boy. And instead, he lived forever. <laughs> Thankfully, because and Scrooge, Scrooge woke up and, and bought the prize turkey from the poulterist down the street, he also went on to discover the uh, the Immort- elixir of life and immortality gave. for him and Tim because yes. he didn't die as well when he uh, was supposed to die the next Christmas or something right that well no that, it, I don't know if we got a real clear be- picture of how far in the future it was but there was the there was the bit uh, when he's like begging the ghost of Christmas future saying like. You know, I'd give me another chance and I'll, I'll mend my ways and I will honor Christmas in my heart and I will keep it always. And he says, let me wash the words from this tomb. And then they show the tomb and it says, R.I.P. Ebenezer Scrooge. I'm like, you can't get rid of those words, buddy. Yeah. It didn't have a date. It didn't say, rest in peace, Ebenezer Scrooge, you piece of crap who didn't honor Christmas. Like, it didn't say anything. It just, basically what that tombstone said was, he died, right? Mm-hmm. And this he's like, died at some point or another. 
Uh, you don't really know. Yeah, what and, and so he's saying, let me wash the words from this. And apparently he got his wish because he found the, the elixir of life mm-hmm. and saved it for himself and Timmy only. That's why the rest of us can all just die and get out of the way. Yeah, that's why he's looked like he's what, 50 or 60 for like his entire You're life. You're talking about Patrick Stewart? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are some, uh, there are some horrifying images of him in his younger days wearing a wig for various roles. Aww. And it's like, no, no, that is not my Captain Picard. No. no. So no. I, I literally did when I was y'all's age watching Star Trek The Next Generation. I just thought he was like 60 years old. Yeah. And I think he was probably closer to the age than I am now. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I've seen some images of um, Samuel L. Jackson with an afro. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bizarre <laughs> thing yeah. to watch. Like, yeah. uh, keep, keep it keep uh, it shaved there, buddy. All right, so that brings us right on down into the time travel details. Now, okay, so here's the thing, right? We, we do timey-wimey episodes, and why are we doing a Christmas carol? I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. Because last year we said jokingly there's no such thing as christmas time travel movies and i went a pox on your house you dirty dog of course there is you're forgetting the santa claus three the greatest time travel i know it's aggressive (laughs) curse your whole family you and shakespearean on us um but so we we did uh the santa claus three which definitely does do some wibbly wobbly stuff it's like actual time travel yeah and i was like oh well what other Time travel things are there. And actually, <laughs> your mom, Keely, came up with this one. She she threw me a whole list of stuff like, like – She wanted us to do an episode of like what counts as time travel. And she was like yeah. – uh, Yeah. And she like mentioned one where like someone was in a nuclear bomb shelter for a long time. And she's like – Yeah, blast from the past. And it's like mm-hmm. time travel because uh, not used to the future – Stuff like that. Right, right. So so the two that she mentioned that for me were super borderline were um, Captain America, the original Captain America, mm-hmm. not in the game where they actually traveled in time, but yeah. just the idea of Captain America being frozen and yeah. waking up in the future, 70 years or whatever Which in the future. Which is like the final scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I think she was talking about doing maybe one and two or just yeah. two or something like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, does that count as time travel? And then she mentioned Blast from the Past, which Blast from the Past, if y'all don't know, a family locks themselves in their bomb shelter because they think the nuclear war started and they don't come out for like 30 or 40 years. So a kid who went in at age like five comes yeah. out at 35 and yeah. the world has com- the world just went on. It There was no nuclear holocaust. The world is just what it is. Oh. So he's like, you know, man out of time. But he wasn't even frozen in ice like – Captain America. Completely he frozen just, in time and then like yeah. shifted 40 years in the future. Yeah, well, the, Shifted instead, like 200 years. He's the- frozen because his parents, it's just him and his parents. And so they have like TV, they have like uh, reels of old TV shows and stuff. So they're like watching the same like couple of years of television for 30, 30 years. And so, so he's like, oh, this is how the world's like. No, it's exactly. completely different. Exactly. And he's growing mm. up. So he comes out like leave it to beaver. And it's like 2006 or something like that. So, um, so all that to say, she also mentioned a Christmas Carol, which it's kind of you know yeah. there, there's there's some time travel element to it. So the time travel details. Normally we talk about methods. So what is the method of time travel? And Spirits, it's magic, <laughs> or ghosts, death, 
Christmas? I mean, let's, let's just go with Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Christmas. Okay, uh-huh. so we have we have phone booths, we have police boxes, we have DeLoreans, and we have Christmas. Christmas. Uh, Why not? Yes, yeah. Christmas is by far the best. One. I then I then noted uh, that actually this is not it's not exactly time travel because um, they're just images that you can interact with, so it's right. just appearing. Right. Like a video so Chris, simulation. The Ghost of Christmas Past said these are merely shadows of things which have been. They they can't see you. They can't hear you. You can't interact. So the question of can you change the past is no. Oh. Right. No. Um, because you can't touch the past. He actually one right. or future. Right. Couldn't. It's more like watching a movie or a rerun, yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. Now, um, the same idea of. It's shadows and you can't interact. The same idea seems to hold true for the Ghost of Christmas present, but it's not explicitly said. So yeah. I think like we established that in the Ghost of Christmas past and we just assume that that's the way it's going to work um, from there on out. And, and then he doesn't touch anybody, but he can like walk through walls. Where, but also I, there's other points where he can lean against walls. Yeah. So um, it, it seems that the the scenes of the future – are shadows of what may come to pass. Mm-hmm. And Scrooge says, Scrooge says later on that they will be changed. During the scene, he says, can these things be changed or are they fixed? And then later on, he says that they will be changed. And then later on, Fred tells us they do in fact change. Mm-hmm. So the rules of, of time travel, if, if we're, if we're going to loosely call this time travel, <laughs> you can't interact with or change anything in the past or present. However, the rules about the future are actually, when I wrote the notes, I was writing it real time while we were watching it. And I said, the rules about the future are unclear, but I, I, I just remembered that Fred in fact said, no, everything changed, right? Yeah. Um, he became so a completely different person. you can change the future by changing the present. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, by yes. by comporting yourself differently in the present. So, mm-hmm. um, so can you change the past? Because you can't go back and rewrite the past. But if once you go into the future, you can go back into the past and rewrite the future. So does that count Wait, as what? changing the past? <laughs> what? Because he flashed forward into the future, saw the future, and then went back into the past, changed his actions. Therefore, changing if you the mean future. by the past, you mean the present. Yes. Yeah. 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 You so can that's, change the present to change the future. That's kind of what I was getting at. Is our question is normally, can you change the past? And in this one, we were doing it. Trip, you're pointing it out. We're doing it in reverse. Yeah. yeah. So here we're traveling to the future, and okay. So so we've asked that question in other movies. Can mm-hmm. you change the future? Right. If yeah. you go to the future and see it, when you come back, does that change it or was it, is it a loop? You know, mm-hmm. like, like bias bootstraps, you know, whether you go forward in time, backward in time, it doesn't matter. It's all a causal loop and, and it's always going to be the way it always was. But in this, yeah, it seems like, uh, if you go to the future and you see shadows of things that may come, you can definitely change that path. So you can't change the, the past, but you can change. The future, right? Mm. Does that seem does that seem fair? Yeah. All right. So again, uh, Trip, you were keying in on this under the head under the heading of did they follow their own rules? Uh, so things they got wrong. You guys were talking about this. They like walked things- through walls and then stepped on a couch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Or. 
they were walking through the piano, but they could lean on walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or they leaned like, on walls? Yeah, one time. I think they ever... Oh, you know what? I'm they, just thinking about it. I think there was a part where at Fezziwig's, he was sitting at a desk with his elbows yeah. on yeah. the desk. And he was uh, also sitting, holding on to like the ledge. Yeah, um, past was like leaning on the railing. Well, that's kind of because he was yeah. a ghost or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah, and it's still but was he still in his bed? So here's here's an issue that I've had with every every movie I've ever seen that involves ghosts, apparitions, or in the case of Star Trek, you know, people out of phase with this universe or whatever, yeah. and they can walk through walls, but they stand on the floor. They stand on the floor, and it's like really weird with the ghosts because they float around, but then they can both stand walk through walls, interact with windows. And then simply land on the floor. Right. But can like, they, or like you were mentioning what? a minute ago, Christmas present was standing, leaning against a railing. Where? On the balcony of yeah. the second story. So <laughs> he wasn't even just on the ground. He was on a balcony. But that was an image. Tire. That was him projecting an image. So, But he also opened up the curtain. And didn't, right. yeah, didn't so, Marley interact with the window while Marley telling him, but the, the ghosts can't interact with the people. And it's like... The ghost you just can't. did, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because he touched his oh, jaw. Oh, because he opened up the windows. And pushed up the jaw. Oh, yeah. But he's and a he ghost. <laughs> oh, and Scrooge, yeah, yeah, Scrooge touched his jaw. So, I've never seen, I don't ever remember that in any other version no, of this. I have no so. idea. Yeah, that was, that was kind of interesting. Uh, we were waiting for that moment, by the way, with the, with the jaw to fall off. I thought right. it was completely <laughs> different. I thought that was completely different. I thought, like, he dropped his bandage and then his jaw, like, Completely like falls off. That's every every version handles this differently. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, Corbin, <laughs> the you, book. you say you can't speak. Uh, in the in the uh, CGI Jim Carrey version that we didn't watch, if I, I think it's that one, uh, when Marley undoes his thing, his jaw, so like the jaw bone is disconnected, but all the like chin and muscle <sighs> and face is there so imagine if you just like completely dislocated your jaw like ripped it off of your skull <laughs> but it was like it just still hanging around. on so it's like it's hanging <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's worse because if it's flapping around like that you can't move it so in that version he literally holds his his chin <laughs> he holds his mandible with his hand and goes <laughs> he literally lifts it with his hand in order to talk, and it is horrifying. Yeah, that's both funny animated haha joke humor. No, it's and not terrifying. It's not. It's not funny haha. Yeah, we should watch way. that one with Brayden. It's not funny at all. It's just Amazing. disturbing. <laughs> yeah, because that oh, that's what I expected to happen in that scene. Yeah, like, yeah. So he just kind of lowered it and was like, <laughs> "Is that how he died? He broke his." Jaw? I don't think that's how he died. Um, no. So if I remember correctly, back in the day, the whole chin strap thing, if I remember correctly, the part of the reason that, that they would do that with, with corpses was that um, you know, when when you when you die, everything goes limp. Yeah. And so if you are laid back and you're sleeping, then your jaw muscles are still active, open. right? Mm-hmm. But if you're dead, everything goes limp. And so your bottom jaw just sort of slumps back and it looks really unnatural. And so they would, what they would do back in the day is that they would hold it in place with that strap until like rigor mortis set in where all the muscles 
kind of tighten for a little while. And then you could take it off and view, you know, have the viewing for the family or whatever. And the jaw would stay in the place that you held it in. Mm. I think. Now they just use super glue. Uh, so anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> I wish that was a joke. Okay. No, I thought wait, they stitches, but I'm, I'm not kidding. They actually do uh, super glue lips together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Grandfather was a mortician. <laughs> I know things I wish I didn't know. <laughs> Turning Why did you ever ask? Because <laughs> if I don't sing it, I'll cry. <laughs> Why would you ever ask that? Remind me off air. Because <laughs> I'm not going to do this on the podcast. Remind me off air about the colleague of my grandfather that I met at the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask me about that later. Granddaddy's colleague at the McDonald's. So you'll you'll love that one. Okay. Uh, so that was things they got wrong is, um, oh, okay. So you guys were talking about, you know, they walked through the wall, but then stepped on the couch and then yeah. onto the floor. And, and you then, can even see the couch like squish a little. It squished. Yeah. And they step yeah, yeah. on it. And it's like, mm-hmm. um, there's the bit where they walk through the piano to go th- and then through the wall. And it sort of like makes a noise on the piano. Wait, which does is that like, mean everybody else heard it? Right, yeah. Well, so, every, didn't. so every Nobody time reacted. you hear a noise, it's just ghosts walking <laughs> through the wall. And, and, and yep, small discount. Remember that tonight, Trip, when you hear the walls making noises. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and small discontinuity error. But um, you'll notice when they're outside the house, you can see the piano through the window, and then walking through that wall would have just taken them into the other house. It would not have taken them outside <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. So they didn't go outside. They just went to the neighbors. Yeah, because that's where they go through the piano. Right, because when you're looking at the through couch. the window, it's pointed at the other house. Oh my gosh, that's great. so they just walk into someone's house. Oh, this is not the right way. So <laughs> um, un- still under the heading of did they follow their own rules? How about things they got right? Was there anything in particular that that we sort of nailed with the time travel rules, such as as they are here? Um, but <laughs> I'm like. They didn't really break their rules too much, I don't think. Okay. It like, do you think I'm wrong about that? I'm trying to think because we there's the obvious parts where it's like they're stepping on couches and whatnot, yeah. but walking through the backs of it to get on it in the first place and whatnot. But as far as the actual time travel stuff goes, it's yeah, like the time travel held up. Yeah. I, I think it in did. general, yeah. I mean, like as far as the the okay, so they, so maybe we give them a pass and say you can't interact with them. These are shadows of things which have been. So okay, so you step on a couch, you make the piano make a noise, but you're not changing things. So maybe that's because what they he meant. don't they don't see yeah. that. Yeah. Plus, we and never sh- see them walk through someone. <laughs> Your oh, special true. effects aren't that good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's a lot harder to do. Yeah. And Trip, and you kind of keyed in on it that you know they're sort of they they are kind of like projections, and mm-hmm. so in that way, you know, I just you know it makes it makes for an interesting movie to watch when they walk through the wall and yeah. step on the couch. That's like, I mean, that's like cool they kind of have to step on the floor. They are just like floating, and obviously he's well, not yeah. a ghost. I think that's how they did so. it in the book. They just float around. They don't even walk anywhere. That's true. They do Doesn't a lot more floating the bed in some versions. And, um, in the book? Because um, I think he's just moving around while he's laying on his bed. Um, no, I think what you're, I think what you're so. thinking of is that at the end he says, oh, I never left my bed. So so one of the things about this, uh, about this story that has been debated endlessly and probably just 
is purposefully vague yeah. by mm-hmm. by the original author. Um, was it Lu- uh, Lewis Lewis Carroll? I don't know. No, who wrote this? I don't I, know. <laughs> At any rate, um, the, it is it is ambiguous whether or not all of that stuff actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's left to the reader to it, understand. Like and it makes the discontinuity make a little bit more sense because it's like, okay, it doesn't really matter if it's all just him hallucinating. If it all was. Oh, because it all he was stepped on the couch. More gravy than grave, right? Yeah. And and that's the thing is he, he puts that, he plants that seed in the story, mm-hmm. right? You're when not real. You're just indigestion right right um you know i I could have had a a piece of of undercooked turnip i'm like what kind of turnip are you eating dude (laughs) like they got salmonella on them or something i saw Uh, at the first thing when he took the wine i thought it was gonna like show him like do that and then like go in the bed and then it was gonna be the rest of him hallucinating but no then it skipped seven years in the future and i was like "Ah." Wait, what? Man. When at the front where he's like talking about Molly oh, or whatever and they all drink the oh, yeah, 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 cup. Yeah. I thought that was going to be important later, but no. Well, it was just setting the stage of who Bob Marley was. Uh, Bob Marley. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was Bob making Marley. that mistake a lot. <laughs> I was t- Jacob Marley, right? It's Jacob yeah. Marley? Yeah. No, she it was just setting both this- Bob to make it easier. Yeah, yeah. you had <laughs> Bob Cratchit, Jacob Marley, Bob Marley. Um <laughs> That was just setting the stage of who that character was and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't remember uh, that scene being quite so long. Yeah, like detailed. Like it in was other versions. Overdone. And I didn't think it was overdone. What I thought was interesting was it set Scrooge on the path that he was on. He he like vows to Marley that you know the institution that you and I created together will, will succeed. Yes, it will and continue and he becomes prosper. rich over seven years. So right. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. does. Continue. Or at least richer. I mean, you know, he was already yeah. doing well. Um, so so that's the thing. Now, uh, so they they set it up in universe that maybe it's a dream. Maybe it all actually happened. So you, you've got the bit. Um, by, by the way, you've got the bit about the, the 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 bad the bad beef or the undercooked piece of turnip. Yeah. There's more gravy than grave about you. Um, I was chuckling Such because a dumb pun. I love uh, that one. No, I, I love that it. one. I don't like it. That line is spoken by Data in an episode of TNG where he's doing <laughs> this play in the holodeck, and if I remember correctly. He, as he's reciting that bit, the camera pulls back and you see Picard standing there. He's, he's like his coach or director. And he's saying like, you've got to get like into the emotion and blah, blah, blah. Picard would know. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, and that scene would have happened several years before this movie was done. So I just thought that was funny, but you also have. Um, weird stuff, like we said, there's, there's discontinuity. There's also the idea that we, we talked about briefly, and I, I meant to do some research and figure out if I was right about this, but there, at the beginning, Marley says, you will be visited by three spirits. And then one he lays 12, out a schedule. The yeah, next at 12, and the next nights. at 1. Right. And it was supposed to be like 1 a.m. tomorrow night. No, it was 12. Or tonight. It was 12 tomorrow, 12 the day after. And then a following up. I could have sworn one of them was at 1 a.m. And that's why it didn't make sense. The last one I think it was was at one. one It was was 12 tomorrow, the following day at the same time, and then the last at one. Yeah. Yeah. With the basic idea being 
three, three days. days. Yes. And then when he wakes up, or excuse me, when he gets done with the whole thing, either he woke up or he was actually done with this crazy journey he was on. It's just the next morning. Yeah. yeah. And he There's says- There's no clear time having passed in between one ghost to the next. Yeah. It just kind of goes from one to the next, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And he even says something along the lines of, oh, they- Can I oh, not get well, it all in one night and get it all over with? Yeah. He said that at the, at the beginning to Marley. Yeah. And then at the end, he said- Oh, they managed to do it all in one night. Oh, well, I, they're spirits. I suppose they can do whatever they like. And I was trying to remember, I, I seem to have in my mind that this story was, was released as a serial. And so back in the day, what would happen is people would write stories and they would be released in some sort of publication, like a little bit at a time. So it's kind of like a television series, mm. right? Where you get, uh, especially a television series where, um, where, like we have occasionally with Doctor Who, where there's a series, uh, a, a season-long arc, yeah. right? So in one sense, it's kind of one big story. Doctor Who's not a great example of that because yeah. because they even even in the midst in the middle of their season-long arcs, they do one-offs and things like that. But mm-hmm. but you'll have some TV shows where the whole season is just one long story one told in thirteen thing. installments or like something. Twenty-four. Uh, 24 is a perfect example of that. No idea you cannot, it's a, it, it's a, it's a, uh, a show that takes place in real time. So that means oh, that yeah, every yeah. minute on screen is a real minute in the story. And so, so they have to like cut from one thing to another, but it's actually happening in real time. So it's not like yeah. this happens and then they cut back and it does the replay of what happened while that was happening. Exactly. Yeah. It's no, we're skipping, we're actually exactly. skipping over parts. And yeah. so, so sometimes they'll even have like three or four shots on the screen all at one time because all this stuff is happening at the same time. And so what happens is uh, with that, if you jumped into episode 16 of, of a season of 24, you would have no clue what is happening. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, so, so I, I know for a fact that stories were often released that way. Sometimes still are. Um, science fiction did this a lot. And this, I think this did that. I think this story was released in that way. And so I'm, I'm, I seem to have this vague memory in my mind when we studied this in school that perhaps, um, as it was released, he either forgot or decided to change some of the details. <laughs> So the whole thing about it happening over the course of three days, he was well, like, just, oh, no, it'd be better not. if he woke up on Christmas Day. Hmm. But I've already released the first three yeah. <laughs> episodes of this story. Ah, we'll just fix it at and the end. And it's strange because as far as I know, like every iteration of this still keeps that part yeah. where it says three yeah. days. Yeah. They, it's like, okay, one word change. Yeah. And bam. <laughs> three hours instead or something yeah, like that? Like yeah. Something. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like all of this will take place in three hours. One will take 12 minutes. The other will take 12 minutes. And one will take the yeah, last like or Just whatever. a few minor changes. Yeah, and we did talk about how like Christmas past, we seem to have spent a lot of time there. Yeah. And then present was pretty like pretty short comparatively. And, and then Christmas future was like done. It was like bam, 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 three bam, bam, bam. things. The guy didn't talk. It was like the scene, he fell into the grave, then he woke up. It was like two or three scenes. And it was like, what? Right. Uh, so because of the nature of the time travel here, do we have any paradoxes? No. I mean, I guess, no. okay. Like you can't even interact can with interact. anything. So typically so. In, in time travel movies, if you're actually traveling into the future and then you gain some information and then travel back in time 
and change things, then maybe there's a paradox of, well, how did you ever get that information? If that was the future that never happened or blah, blah, blah. But since we're, we're, it's all just Christmas magic and it's shadows of things to come. Yeah. Then it's like, this is what could have happened. But, right. Yeah. So even the idea that him gaining foreknowledge, changing the future itself doesn't really create a paradox because it's more, again, it's more like somebody sat you down and showed you a bunch of home movies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then turned on a, a webcam at your friend's house and you watched what was happening there and then showed you a, a you know an animation of a storyline of this is where your life could go. I mean, that's almost, yeah. you know, like just sitting down and watching all of this yeah. on a TV or something like and, that. Even if we had a paradox, we could be like, okay, but then there's still like this 50-50 chance that it was all in his head anyways. But and if none it, of it was, even happened. If it right. was all in his head, so then it just all was like, it really was all just Christmas magic because Christmas put the stuff into his head. Because like, I don't think an old crotchety man could like think up this stuff and then be changed <laughs> from it. I yeah. think it would have had to have been a spear of some kind. Because if it was a different person All right, so let's do that this. wasn't changing his ways, I don't <clears throat> think it would have affected anything. All right. So let so so are you saying your vote is that it was Definitely the ghost. Definitely a, a, a spiritual intervention of some kind. Yes, I All right. have Cor- to Corbin, what do you think? I think I'm gonna go with hallucination. Okay. Mainly there's one point I wanna say here and um it's it's with Christmas future, I think. Yeah, where it's like the the people were scavenging through his things after he had died and they'd right. done thing like taken the bed curtains off of him and like stolen something off of him, right? Right. Hmm. And it's like I don't It took think, the shirt off of him. Yeah, I don't think yeah. anyone would be that low. That's so true. it's sound well. Yeah. And if but they still, it and if they took that, music. why didn't they just take other things? Like, yeah. was there nothing like else of value in the entire house? Well, Scrooge wasn't one to have valuables. He Clearly, like having money, he didn't want to spend money ever. So, was there no money yeah. that was kept in the house? I don't know. Maybe it was all at the bank. I don't know. So, Corbin, you're That's saying true. that it was hallucination? Yeah, because the story definitely hints at that, and I'm generally the kind of person that's like. Because it's hinting at that, it must be throwing you off, but this time I really think it just is him hallucinating or dreaming or whatever. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that on the seventh anniversary of the death of his closest friend, mm-hmm. which he's not even thinking about, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even dawn on him until the two charity workers come along. Yeah. Right? So they come up. And they bring up not only Marley, but also, interestingly enough, despite the fact that Marley is wandering the earth in chains, they mention Marley's generosity. Do y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He basically says, we presume that his generosity has survived in his partner. You know, like we assume <laughs> you're just as generous nope. as Marley. Well, they were also new. <laughs> so it sounds nope. like them just assuming, oh maybe they were oh, just, he was clearly a very generous man they were totally yeah. buttering him up that's yeah. a good point that's a good point so nope. he is he is confronted by the charity workers he is confronted by his nephew Fred mm-hmm. on the seventh anniversary of a death that he obviously took very hard because we saw yeah. that in the opening scene yeah he then sits down to eat 
who knows what. I know. Out of a pot in the fireplace that he made himself. Yeah, he pulled that thing but out. But that was after he already saw the weird thing on the doorknob. So that it couldn't have point. been a hallucination. True. That is a good point. But, 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 but what did he see? A face. What was Marley. the face on... Right. Yeah. So on the way home, after having been confronted about Marley, confronted about Charity, confronted about Christmas from Fred, he, he then sees, sees Marley. a face. He sees a face. But he that's can what he sees. easily recognize that face. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying is he's got Marley on, on his mind. Nothing really crazy happened yet, right? Yeah. He just kind of... Yeah. Has a little, and you know, he's, he's an older guy. Maybe he's not in great health. I don't know. He has a little bit of a hallucination. I mean, he probably hasn't even been sleeping much, just given That's how workaholic true. he is. True. So then he goes in, and what 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 could we assume about Scrooge's likelihood of buying discount beef for his soup? Um, Pretty good chances, right? <clears throat> so probably buy some bad beef or undercooked turnips or whatever, and puts it in that horrible stew. What's that? He's definitely going to prepare it himself. <laughs> and not gonna yeah. get he has no that. time to wash dishes, so why not just use the <laughs> dirty ones from last night that That's I used right, to yeah. soak my feet in? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> why did it have to go that far? <clears throat> Excuse me. So all that, and he, and he, so in in this fit of guilt and sorrow, and and all these kinds of things, and then maybe got a little bit of food poisoning. Maybe got yeah. a little bit of bad something in him. He has this this hallucination of Marley showing up. He then goes to bed with that on his mind and has this crazy nightmare, which he mm-hmm. keeps waking up in his bed, right? Yeah. At the, when we finish with each one of the ghosts, he's always back in his bed, especially no, at the end, right? Not with the no? third ghost. He's walking around. He died. The second guy dies of old age and then he turns around and there's the figure he never wakes up from that one. Oh, he doesn't even wake up from that one okay yeah. but when he wakes up from the third one he definitely is because he's yes. like clinging he remember he was falling through the void or whatever and then he's clinging to the bedpost mm-hmm. and he wakes up and oh my gosh it's christmas day and blah 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 and and you know so no I'm, he does he asked what day it is so I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right that's he's right. like how long have i been asleep <gasps> right my curtains are, are still here <gasps> right yeah. I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah. That oh, that, that part where he like very dramatically touched his own hand. Yeah, that was very weird. Was like, you can't uh, tell. Not quite as weird as. <laughs> I was like, did he swallow a marble? Like, what is happening, Jean Luc? Um, anyways, so yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely falling squarely on the side of this was this was hallucination. Because I mean, after but, um, your explanation, that makes sense, but it still of it doesn't. Does. That's why I said it because I'm right. Slap. <laughs> slap. Slap. Yeet. Oh, um, but moving right it along. still doesn't make sense to how it how his hallucinations could change his whole self. Like how would he know I, okay. Tim is going to die? How would he know that? Yes. I was gonna bring that That's up. That's my he, point. The, like how would he know that? He says, I didn't know he had a crippled son, and then the ghost says, You never asked. As clearly a thing he was not aware of whatsoever. Yeah. He's like, Can oh, I, okay. I never knew. All right. Okay. Okay. So if my theory holds true, all of the ghosts are really just him. Yeah. They're really just his subconscious. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the lines. Somewhere. He overheard Bob Cratchit talking about his crippled son. Somewhere along the lines. 
and it's, he heard about that. It got stored in his subconscious, but and now, he right, never bringing it up. Yes, that, but that sometimes, right. sometimes dreams are deceiving. Like if you had a dream about going to school and you don't recognize a teacher, and then you wake up and you're like totally aware of that teacher. Like, why did I not recognize that? Have that not happened to any of you? What's your point? No. Like, he could have overheard that, totally forgot it, not really cared. It brought that's that my up. Point. And, and then, so it came like, up in the dream. That's okay, that's my point. Dream. So that now, does make sense. Now, one hole in my theory, um, but okay, so I told you guys we need to watch Scrooged. That's the uh, 1980-something uh, uh, remake. It's a modern retelling of mm-hmm. of the uh, Scrooge story with a, it's a TV executive. Yeah, you know, really, uh, really interesting um, take on it. And in that, and I don't remember if they pulled this at all from the original, but in that, there is something that he sees at his uh, nephew's, or actually, I think it was his brother in this version. It's his brother's Christmas party. So mm-hmm. instead of going, you know, going to Fred's house, right, he goes to his brother's and sees the Christmas party and they're playing a trivia game. And after he wakes up, he says, and the answer to the trivia question about Gilligan's Island, the SS Minnow, the ship was the SS Minnow. And they're all going, how did he know that? Hey. So in that one, like, like he definitely went back. That didn't happen in this movie. So if it happens, yeah. if it, <clears throat> if it happened in the original story where he retained some knowledge, cause you're okay. So, 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 so go back. How did he know about Timothy or Timmy? Timothy. Timmy. How did he know about Timmy? He overheard it. I'm, I'm yeah. going to go with yeah. that. He overheard it and he just didn't ever care about it, but now it's popped back up. How did he know Timmy was going to die? He didn't know he was going to die. He, he didn't thought, die. Yeah. Yeah. He never did. He didn't die. That was just, he had a dream that a sick kid died. And so he went, I guess I better help the sick kid. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say that he was weighed down by guilt for years and then thought of <clears throat> dead Marley. Yes. Which brought back the thought of all of that stuff. Yeah. Coming Dying together. Tim or whatever, Fred, which brought back, oh, I should treat him better because yep. of his family needs yep. help. And then Fred shows back up, all this reminds guilt. him of Fran. Yeah. Reminds him of the pain of that loss of yeah. his of his sister who loved him so much and he loved her so much and all of these kinds of things brains come together bad. combined with bad beef, yeah, Mm-mm. crazy and dream, and it was enough of a crazy dream that it actually changed him because it was a step he wanted to take and wouldn't take for some reason. So the dream was just the nudge. So that's my theory. Yeah, and I'm sticking with it. And I'm going with the two. That okay. actually makes I've changed sense. you. I've changed you. Have. you. We, are now yeah. we have all agreed. All right. Converted trip. <laughs> well, guys, Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor and Jared. If you find value in what you're doing and want to give a little bit of value back, here's how you can do it. You can join us at, for as little as a dollar a month as an Amelia patron. You can head on over to patreon.com slash noobs in the Whovian and become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. Speaking of Victor and Jared, we actually got to talk to Victor today. Yeah. So that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah. We don't have a classic Who connection, so we'll take just a minute to, to say it was fun talking to Victor. We were we are working on some technical glitches that are not allowing us to get him on the show with us. That's why it's been a, yeah. a lot longer than we, we wanted right. to have him on a while ago. We're like 98% of the way there. Right, right. And so um, we happened to uh, catch him while he was online and got to connect with him. And though the recording stuff wouldn't work, yeah. we were able to talk to him. So we know and, that works at least. Yeah. yeah. So, And so. we also know he's an actual person. 
Yeah. Because yeah. we've heard his voice. He's not a bot. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he's Unless, a really good bot. Hey, you yeah. know what? Any any bots that want to become patrons, I'm all for it. Go for it. Go, go for go it. Go on, on it. But, uh, fakes, but, but uh, Victor hung out with us for a little bit, and uh, so we got to chat with him, and uh, we're still working on some technical difficulties to get him on, but he will be on shortly to have his go as our hosting host. So that brings us down to uh, kind of the last thing that we want to talk about with uh, the movie, was it good? So, Trip, was it a good story? Remember, this uh, for Timey Wimey's, we just give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. <sighs> Yikes. Was it a good story? Story. <sighs> Not good time travel. Was it a good story? My gut wanna say, wants to say yes, but I really like want to say no. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, my brain is yeah. saying... No, but my gut is going, yes, this was good. It was cool. But then I think about the story and I go, no, like this is a story about a crotchy old humbug or whatever. That's <laughs> this is a, a loner dude story. that's like beating children for singing Christmas carols, <laughs> hates everything, has a dead friend that confronts him in his weird dream of hallucinating. And now he's a good person for some reason. No. Like, it's just, <laughs> okay. it's a thumbs no. Thumbs up or thumbs down, man? No. Oh, wow. No. Thumbs no. down. Corbin, what do you got? <laughs> he didn't even give it a thumbs down, guys. He just typed into the notes, no. no. Trip, would you give it a thumbs up or thumbs down? No. no. <laughs> Corbin, what? <laughs> we have a third selection for the rating scale. Thumbs up, thumbs down, no. Corbin, what are you going to give it, man? Um... I, I thought it was a good one, unlike Trip. Yeah. Like, it's, okay. He can be wrong. That's yeah. What? <laughs> There's a lot of different iterations of it, but I actually do like this one a lot yeah. because of... Picard does really good in this role. <laughs> He's generally a fairly nice dude, but he, that was can, one of the he really can do the crowd. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, movie, yeah. you guys were like, I am not used to seeing him be so cold. <laughs> yeah. Watch season one of TNG. He, Colder with, than... Picard with children is, is not good. But. Yeah. So uh, I'm thinking about how I want to do this because I kind of want to do the complicated method. Oh, jeez. I do thumbs up on a clock scale, oh, but okay. I'll just I'll just <laughs> give it a thumbs up. What? Thumbs, thumbs at 67 degrees... North oh, I typed center. into the completely wrong spot. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give it a thumbs way up. Uh, I have seen several versions of, of A Christmas Carol, and this was one of the better ones that I've seen. It, it called out some – and I don't know if it was this version of this movie or just who I am now in this point in my life. There was stuff that I picked up that I'd never noticed before. So I'm giving it thumbs way up. Now, was it a good time travel story? <laughs> Trip, what is your answer here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> question mark, question mark, question mark. Confused, okay. yes. Confused. Why, why yes with a question mark? Because if we're going from, if we're saying this was not a dream, this was actual time travel, then yes, it was a good story. Okay. And I mean, a good time travel But if it was all story. a dream, then. But if it was all a dream, then it wasn't time travel, so I can't really like, okay we've already agreed yes. that it's hardly time travel to begin we've with we've already agreed that it's him totally dreaming. him dreaming so 
going to go yes with the question. All right. I'm just yes. going to say no. It was not Why? Because it, it, it wasn't time travel. Yeah. There was, it wasn't time travel. So this this was this was uh, not our idea originally. It was This was suggested to us uh, by my wife, and I, I enjoyed watching it, and I yeah, definitely enjoyed good. talking about it. Um, I, <laughs> I hope the listeners have enjoyed listening. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, it's not it's not time travel. I mean, it was it 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 did do some stuff with with time travel, but for me, it didn't do anything wibbly wobbly. It didn't do anything with loops or paradoxes or anything. And that's when I geek out about time travel. Yeah, yeah. what did you say? Corbin? It wasn't interesting. Uh, not from a time travel perspective. Yeah, it's very straightforward. Yeah, it's it was like, just it was just a just story. Just hop mechanic. around from here to here to yeah. here. It's like we're All going linear. here. You can't touch mm-hmm. anything. You can't affect with your past timeline. This is just right. a mirror. If, okay, if now this person you're in a had written it, if this story had not been written when it was yeah. and it was written in 2019, it would have been it would have all taken place on YouTube. Yeah. You know, somebody would have just sat down and watched videos of their past and then yeah, that's and 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 in <laughs> a Sims simulator of their future or something like that. I don't know, <laughs> something. All right, so Corbin, what do you got? Uh no. Just, okay. There's really just not time <laughs> no. travel. So, yeah. all right. Uh creep factor trip. Are we still doing the out of 500 thing for yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's our standard, so we'll still go out of 500, yeah. I mean, I want to give this a low rating, but then I think really? back. Really? Did you watch it? <laughs> but then I think Wasn't back. Wasn't there a part where you wanted to stop it? <laughs> yeah, there was. No, he gives it a low one because he had his eyes closed the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, continue, Trip. Sorry. I mean, so I want to go low, but then my brain goes, wait. Oh yeah, <laughs> this movie. Right, yeah. Like not <laughs> oh, that the, one. Oh yeah, the she movie that we just watched. Yeah. So this is one that it's it, you know it's oh it's a Christmas classic and blah 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 and we almost watched this with Braden and then thankfully oh, so just there was did. a there was a scheduling quirk where he ended up at a at a friend's birthday party and uh, was not even in the house when we watched yeah. it and about oh I don't know seventeen minutes in we were like oh thank goodness oh, Braden's yeah, not here oh, right you yeah. know oh, yeah, turning like, heads on the. Mantle on the tiles on the fireplace. The, oh, that was awesome. I'm never looking at a picture the same way again. Exactly. So I, I gave it a full 375. I mean, this one was picture staring at you. It is fairly terrifying. So Corbin, what do you, what do you got overall? You uh, jaded teenager. Jaded. I, uh, Nobody lost I any went, limbs or anything. I went I low. I'm going to say, I, I was going to say 250. I'm going to say 275. 275. The tile was creepy. The tile was, was very Did creepy. I ever give one? No, I don't think I did. Well, well, it's 320, 320. Cool. Yeah. Oh, did you not ever actually say it? No, I never did. I kind of explained that. So that brings us down to listener input. Now, Thomas, I don't know if you guys remember Thomas. He was our Twitter instigator. He was the guy who said, hey, uh, are you guys on Twitter? I want to I want to tag you in something. And uh, so he kind of got me officially going on Twitter. We had an account that I don't think I'd ever actually tweeted from. Yeah. <laughs> so I updated the logo and everything and started uh, started tweeting out there and have had some uh, some fun interactions there. He sent me uh, an email and uh, this was in regard to last week's episode, The Doctor's Wife. He said, The Doctor's Wife is one of my all-time favorites. I love the chemistry between the Doctor and Idris. Mm-hmm. It feels like a proper relationship. Matt and Saran, mm-hmm. I still assume I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, sell the relationship, and they are a great double act. The TARDIS has been his constant companion. No matter who comes and goes, she'll always be there. 
He said, unfortunately, I didn't like the subplot of Amy and Rory running around the TARDIS while House is trying to kill them. I so love I, that. That was like my I, favorite part. I emailed him back. I said, um, you know, definitely agree. This is, this is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I told him that I, uh, I was not familiar with Saran outside of this episode, but she was perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. I felt like, uh, just like he said, their, their chemistry was amazing. And I said, what, you know, I really liked the B plot. What did you not like about the whole Amy and Rory thing, the wibbly wobbly stuff there? And he said, my problem with the B plot is that I don't like all the running around parentheses, which is in every episode, I suppose. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) So I don't know. It's just too much, too much action while there could have been, uh, character development with the, with the doctor and the TARDIS maybe. Yeah. Oh, the, the doctor and the TARDIS. It was just stalling so okay, they could so build the TARDIS. That's what it was. It was stalling. If if he is saying, I could have just gone without the subplot of Amy and Rory and just have them locked in the TARDIS with no no threat and yeah. spent more time getting to know the doctor and the TARDIS. Yes. That yeah, would have been good. I would give him that. But yeah. I think it was just backup stuff while they're building the TARDIS. Yeah. Well, if you remember, That's what I if you remember them is. running around being chased inside the TARDIS was the original idea of the episode. Yeah. Remember we talked about that last week yeah. that it morphed into this big giant thing about the TARDIS' soul being ripped out and everything. But it really started with being chased through the TARDIS and, and all the stuff that can happen in there. So um, he did say, what redeems the episode for me are the final scenes, the doctor confronting house and Idris saying goodbye slash hello. My first reaction to the doctor telling the house he killed all the time Lords was like, whoa, <laughs> it's one of my favorite all time lines, just sass and attitude. I love it. And then cheers because he's in the UK. I can <laughs> tell the spelling of favorite is off. Oh, I thought I had already corrected that, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, he had he had the uh, favorite with the O U R I T E, um, and British uh, people, yeah. So he, yeah, he also had a, a couple other things to say on Twitter that I was like, oh, wait a minute, is he in the UK? I, somehow I hadn't <laughs> picked up on that. So, all right, guys, that brings us down to the game plan for next week. We are straight back into series six with episodes five and six, the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People. Now I cannot I, wait for this. Uh, I I have. There good i mean so all we've seen so far i cannot wait okay so so it's written by stephen moffat uh oh you know i'm not sure i haven't i haven't done any of the the legwork yet Mm. um but i did um you know i've been rewatching ahead and i so i rewatched it a couple of weeks ago and it is Mm -hmm. as good as i remember um and now you're not hyping this up too much (laughs) i i don't think so so far i haven't been guilty of that in these seasons um now so i will say this there's some stuff coming up in the rebel flesh and the almost people that i want to talk to you guys about but we are pretty much we're, we're out of time today mm-hmm. so what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to wrap up here and then we're going to go into a 0.5 episode and talk about those two episodes now it's not going to be spoilers okay so if you're if you're worried about that we'll release this probably uh wednesday so don't worry about spoilers on it but i am going to ask the boys some some theory stuff prior to us getting to that episode mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um but like i said we're, we're kind of out of time 
for this week. So guys, Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. Our production editor is this other guy over here. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection, and shout-outs to Victor and Jared for their Patreon support. You can find us, as, as always, at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian, where you can direct message us there or email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. Consider supporting us at Patreon.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. For all of these links and all the show notes, head on over to Noobs in the Whovian.com, where you can see all of the information there. Wherever you found us, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, like us, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name's Austin, I'm the Whovian, these are my sons Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the, the Noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip.